and welcome to The Worst Best Sellers, where we watched a movie based on a book, based on a song, so that you didn't have to. I'm Kate. And I'm Renata. And uh, yeah, this is our mini episode about the movie, the made-for-TV movie, based on our last book, The Christmas Shoes. And that was a movie we watched. Yes. Um... (laughs) Our, our guest, Ashley, who was great on the book episode, was unable to join us for this because uh, she's probably busy appreciating her family like this book taught us to. Um, so it's just me and Kate. And I think that's fine because I think we have a lot to say about this. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was right off the bat, right off the bat, this movie was not as bad as I wanted it to be. I wanted it to be terrible. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of mediocre, but also better than the book. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, Before we get into this, I really quickly want to address my rivalry with Rob Lowe, which which I think most people listening to this probably already know about, but just in case you don't... um, it's a I have a long-standing rivalry with Rob Lowe that he is unaware of, but, <laughs> but which was the subject of an award-winning story that I told at a moth story slam, and is also the subject of the website that exists, RobLowCan'tRead.com. And basically, almost 10 years ago at this point, my friend Steve and I, um, we... We love the West Wing, and we love Rob Lowe's character, Sam Seaborn, and we were so excited to go and see Rob Lowe in the play version of A Few Good Men. And then afterwards, we went out and we wanted to, um, you know, get his autograph and stuff at Stage Door. And, like, we saw him come out, and he was signing stuff for everybody, and he seemed, like, really friendly. And people kept shoving me and Steve out of the way, and so we were like, fine, like, whatever, we'll, we'll just wait our turn. And then it got to where we were the only two people left, and he Roblo like looked at us and like nodded and then just left. So obviously we are very <laughs> slighted and hurt by that, and we've decided to retaliate by uh, spreading the rumor <laughs> that Roblo is illiterate. So, <laughs> so pass that on, please. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that said, I, I thought he did a fine job in this movie. Um, the, the people who help, uh, you know, read the scripts aloud to him, I think probably did a good job. (laughs) Um, and and as we briefly mentioned in the, in the podcast about the book, Rob Lowe does play, um, the, the spiteful lawyer who learned the meaning of Christmas by purchasing the titular shoes. And yes, for 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 shoe boy. Yeah, to give to a cancer mom. Right. I don't think. Who was the mom? Is she famous? She might have been. I didn't actually look up. Oh, you know the mom cancer mom you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Becca told me because we watched another Christmas cancer movie today, and um, the mom cancer mom was played by the girl who is the daughter, the bride in Father of the Bride. Okay. And then the doctor in the other Christmas cancer movie we watched today is the husband in that movie. Okay, so it so was just like a like wow, I guess this is what they all did with their lives after that franchise yeah. ended. Well, because I know Rob Lowe has done other TV Christmas movies also. Okay, Kimberly Williams Paisley is played Maggie, who is cancer mom. D- does that mean she's Brad Paisley's wife? Yes, she is. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, IMDb. 
Yeah, I was actually, like, I know that Rob Lowe's done other made-for-TV movies, but I was kind of shocked at this one because I realized when we were watching it that it was filmed while he was still on West Wing. And while he's done other made-for-TV movies, I kind of felt like it was sort of like he was between big projects and that's what he did with his time. Whereas this, like, he was still taking home those West Wing paychecks and decided, I guess, out of the goodness of his heart, that he wanted to do this movie based on a book based on a song for the Hallmark Channel. Well, maybe, or maybe, you know, because he left the West Wing in kind of a snit because he was like, oh, I thought Sam Seaborn was the star of this show, and it turns out it's actually uh, Martin Sheen, a.k.a. the president. So, like, I le- I'm quitting. So maybe this is his chance to be like, see, like, I have star power. I, like, <laughs> top billing in the Christmas shoes, Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> Oh, it is the kind of decision that an illiterate person might make. It's true. It's true. Uh, um, yeah. So, uh, like we said, this this movie actually, it, it was weird. It's almost like whoever wrote this movie went forward in time, read our critique of this book, and then wrote the movie script based on our issues with certain problems with the narrative. I was going to say exactly that. Like, I know that this movie is very old, but it it really addressed so many of our specific concerns and nitpicks with the novel. I guess that does just point out, like, how blatant, blatantly lazy Donna Van Leer's novel is. Like, if she had even given it a second draft, I think she could have resolved a lot of this herself. Like, oh, yeah, like, that doesn't make a lot of sense, huh? But she didn't. Yeah, like, they work really hard. They cut down on so many of the characters. So if you remember from the the Shoe book, um, the cancer mom had two kids, Shoe Boy, and then a baby who was supposed to be, like, eight months old, but also, like, acted like a three-year-old. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, Rob Lowe's character, Douchebag Lawyer, had two kids. And... Um, the teacher was different from the teacher who lived next door to douchebag lawyer's mom. Like there Wait, were all these. Did the in the book was was his mom's neighbor even a teacher? Yeah, he was either a teacher or maybe he was like a school superintendent. He had some school related job. Okay. Because I remember when I was reading the book, I kept expecting him to be like the bridge between the two families. And instead, like, they refer to him working in the school system, but then never again mention anything. And he never, like, steps in to help Cancer Boy, Shoe Boy, and, you know, whatever. So, but yeah, he, in the in the um, book, he was also a teacher or a superintendent or something like that. Got it. Okay, so yeah, I agree. That streamlined it a lot. It made it make a lot more sense, like, why... The teacher knew so much about their business, like, why the neighbor was so involved. Like, if they're the same person, then okay. Yeah. Plus, like, they went this extra mile to have Shoe Boy goes to the same school as Douchebag Lawyer's daughter. Yeah, and they're they're both in the chorus. Yes, and Cancer Mom was the chorus teacher. So when she gets sick, because through the chorus, Douchebag Lawyer's wife has like vaguely gotten to know her, she ends up taking on the ro- the role of the chorus director. So it like really, and they become friends. So it really like connects the two families together 
in a way that like you could almost see the book trying to do but then like getting distracted and not actually doing ever Mm-hmm. And of course, for me, the biggest enhancement that was made was um, they make a huge point about how Cancer Mom um, used to like dancing so much. She talks about the beautiful shoes she used to have. She herself mentions the shoes. It's not some weird like third hand. Oh, yeah, my teacher used to like sparkly shoes. So here we go. <laughs> like, it's very clear why he would think that she would like these shoes for Christmas. And I appreciated that. Yeah, they definitely, I would say overall, like a lot of the big glaring issues that we had, the movie completely like finds a way to rewrite to make sure that they they actually make sense. Yeah, I I feel like the Christmas shoes concept, like if it were a Pokemon, like the song is like your starter Pokemon. It doesn't have a lot of power to it. And then it evolved into the book, which is, like, not great either. And then this is its, like, final evolution. This one, you know, you could take it to, like, your your battle and throw out the Christmas Shoes movie. And, like, the other movies would be like, oh, okay. You know, it wouldn't be, like, laughable. <laughs> <laughs> the way it yeah. would be if you, like, brought your Christmas Shoes song to them. Yeah. I, I watch a lot of bad Christmas movies. Um, my roommate and I like to watch bad movies. And every year we watch one or two of like the ABC family made for TV Christmas movies while drinking wine. And um, this was not a terrible Christmas movie. Yeah. And for me, I also love bad movies. I don't tend to watch a lot of Christmas ones. I'm not a big Christmas person per se. Um, like this was no holiday in handcuffs. Which Tell me is more about an that excellent one. bad Christmas movie. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Melissa Joan Hart, uh, the guy who played AJ Slater, whose name I'm uh, Mario Lopez. Oh my gosh. As fake girlfriend and boyfriend, that she kidnaps him and makes him go with her to her family's like super awesome Christmas retreat. And it's amazing. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Everyone in that movie is a sociopath. You have to watch it. It's on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I know what I'm doing after we finish recording this. So this is not actually, this is kind of tangential. It's not directly related to this Christmas movie. But I've now seen three movies with Christmas cancer, um, which is like an actual trope, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is sad. Um, and I have like made an interesting discovery when I've paused to think about it for any more than a moment is that it's never the, the bad people who get Christmas cancer. Like those movies always involve like some person who doesn't care about the holidays and doesn't care about their family and is selfish and grumpy. And then it's always like the good Christ loving family that gets cancer and someone dies and through their death, the grumpy person learns the true meaning of Christmas. Yeah, they're they're dying for the sins of Rob Lowe. Yeah, and it's just like, because there's literally three Christmas movies with Christmas cancer that I've seen now where, you know, some poor grumpy person has learned the error of their ways through a person dying of cancer. God is literally killing people, <laughs> good Christ-loving people, um, you know, in order to teach string um stingy strangers the error of their ways and that that seems like a fault in the christmas cancer 
category to me. Like, it feels like, yes, like, the moral of the story is be an asshole, because if you're good and nice, God might kill you to make someone see the error of their ways. Yeah, I want to see the movie where Rob Lowe's a bitchy lawyer, and then he gets cancer, and then on his death, but he's like, oh no, I should have valued Christmas. Yeah, right? <laughs> but um, we do need to address, though, that this movie actually does not have Christmas cancer. It has Christmas heart failure. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Which allowed for a lot of good, like, vicious wordplay where um, Rob Lowe's wife was like, oh, yeah, I have to, like, take over for the chorus because, like, she needs a heart transplant and, like, so do you. But, <laughs> like, I don't think she said exactly that, but, like, puns about how he's heartless and, like, um, Cancer Mom is, like, full of heart, but not literally because she's dying. Yes. And it also, like, I, I feel like it's much more believable that it could happen that quickly than with the cancer. Like with the cancer, everything was fine. And then she was on her deathbed. And like, I feel like heart disease like that, like it had at the beginning of the movie, which is like around Halloween or something, they show that she's been sick for a while and that they're just having to do lots of tests to figure out what's wrong. She also, oh, that's right, another issue that we had, she goes to the hospital and tries to get a heart transplant. Like, she tries to use medicine. Yeah, But her body rejects the transplant, so she can't have it. Like, so it's not like, oh, well, we can't afford medicine, so I'm going to die in a, a hospital bed in our living room. yeah. Which, again, um, and also I got faked out a little bit, too, when she went in for the heart transplant. Because for a while there was, like, oh, I don't know if we'll find a donor. And then I was like, oh, we did find a donor. And I was like, oh, maybe she won't die in this version. <laughs> and I, like, I got faked out because she does die. But, um, yeah, that made it a little more narratively interesting, too, because it it did, yeah, there were ups and downs. Yeah, I felt like the characters, like all the characters, Cancer Mom... Like, I feel like so much of the story, I don't think the book was ever from Cancer Mom's point of view. I think that it was just from Nathan's point of view and the teacher and Robert. And I think like, you're right, yeah. And I feel like they made um, Cancer Mom and Robert's wife, like, actual characters who did more than just serve the plot by being caricatures of, you know, heavenly perfection yeah, I, I felt for them. Um, and the other thing that I liked, too, was it also gave um, Rob Lowe more of a character, too. Because in the book, you know, he's just like, I'm working hard because, like, you know, c- consumerism and I need money. And in this, we actually, like, learn what he's been working on. And he's kind of, like, standing up for these family farmers who, like, he needs to save their land from getting, like, a greedy developer wants, you know, as greedy developers do. They're, like, trying to fuck with the irrigation rights or something so they can't farm. And so he's, like, working really hard to, like, save these farmers, which is a lot more sympathetic. And then even at the end, although, like, I did not appreciate the kind of dig to Rob Lowe's wife, but, like, because she had been complaining, like, you're at work all the time, you're at work all the time, you're not putting any effort into our family, which is true. And I respect that he was, like, helping these farmers because at the end... Uh, one of the farmers comes up to um, Rob Lowe's wife at this big, like, Christmas caroling at Cancer Mom's house. Because say, because Rob Lowe's car broke down and he gets a ride from the farmer. Yeah. And he says to her, like, 
you know, I know that probably it's been a really hard with him away from home, but I just want you to know that like your husband has saved Christmas for my family and for all the other families in like our farming community because of the hard work he's been doing. So like while I appreciated that, like I also kind of felt like it was a a little bit of a like dig to Roblo's wife who had like legitimate complaints about him never being around and being like really like weird it's it's almost it was almost the opposite um so in the book like the douchebag lawyer's wife doesn't have a job anymore or like only works part-time because he wants her to be able to be home with the kids and like wants to provide money so she doesn't have to work like a good housewife shouldn't have to work but in this one, Rob Lowe is putting a lot of pressure on his wife to go back and get a new job because she had quit working to either take care of the kid or go back to school or something. Mm-hmm. And he really wants her to get like a good high paying job so that they can buy a big house. Yeah, that's true. And it, it is like their dream house or something. There's something like that. So but this is a little more like. Like, yeah, there's the thing from the farmer, but it does seem like they're kind of, like, both kind of right and both kind of wrong, which is, like, reasonable. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, and and he does, like, come around when she says, like, oh, I don't want the big fancy corporate job. Like, I want to be a teacher. And at first he's like, that's stupid. (laughs) And then later, once Cancer Mom has shown, once Shoe Boy has shown him the error of his ways, he's like, no, you should be a teacher if you want to be a teacher. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot nicer. Um, w- one thing we do need to address also, uh, I-, I interrupted you when you were talking about the-, the caroling outside Cancer Mom's house. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, what song are they singing, Kate? Oh, my God, they're singing the Christmas shoe song. <laughs> yes! <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of weird. Like, yes. that song exists in this universe. <laughs> like, don't think about that too hard. Oh. <laughs> But it's it was it was it was cute. It was you know the whole the whole movie. Not that they were singing the Christmas shoes song, and then it got like weird and meta. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say the person who suffered the most development wise, or the two people who suffered the most development wise in the transition from book to movie were um, Cancer Mom's de- uh, husband. Yeah. And well, he, well, I guess he narrated some in the book. He didn't have a, it's not like he was fully developed in the book either. No, but I feel like they they at least like we knew like well, I guess I guess we knew pretty much basically the same amount about him. But like I felt like he was a little grumpier in the book than the angelic version or in the movie than the angelic version in the book who could do no wrong, which was good. That was that's a perk, not mm-hmm. a you know, I, I yeah. Felt oh, like... and that's one thing too is in the book. Um, you remember Roblo takes the car to him, and we know from the book that he's like the perfect mechanic, and he would never like overcharge or fuck it up. And in this one, it kind of seemed like he did fuck it up because he was like so upset about his wife, and that's why Roblo's car breaks down breaks down later, and he has to get the ride from the farmer. And it was like this all works for me. You know, did that was that what it was, or was it that he he didn't want to pay for like extra? Because they needed extra stuff to be done. I mean, I think there was that, but he did genuinely, like, take extra long with the car. And at least it was heavily implied that it was because he was, like, so sad about his wife, which, again, makes sense. Yeah. Um, that was definitely a part of it. Yeah. Um, 
And and I will say, uh, in to to pick up another string from uh, our discussion of the book in the book when the mom does the heaven speech to the kid and she's talking about, will there be animals there? <laughs> and she disses house pets. Boo. But in this one, when he, his the shoe boy's big thing is that he wants a puppy. Oh, yeah. So when he asks if there are going to be animals in heaven, she says like, yeah. And he goes puppies. And she goes, of course, which makes me think that all house pets are allowed in heaven and it's not just these animals that are more beautiful than zebras and giraffes or whatever the hell right. she said <laughs> also we should address that the pope has confirmed recently yes <laughs> animals are allowed in heaven <laughs> uh which gets well I, like honestly i don't know if dora will make it to heaven <laughs> Even if animals in general are, if there's any kind of, like, merit scale. I don't know. <laughs> oh, gosh. What else? Um, one character who I think got a lot of a lot more growth in this is the cashier at the store. Oh, when my he gosh. Because he's, like... I mean, and you get it. Like, it's Christmas Eve. They're trying to close. Like, this like this sad kid's trying to buy shoes. And he, like, tells the kid he doesn't have enough money. And the kid's like, but my mom can't start. And the cashier says, did I stutter? <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. It's, but... And, but at the same time, like, he, he, like, freaks out on the kid for taking so long. But then he absolutely lets Roblo like, stop in the middle of his transaction, walk over to the kid, ask him what's wrong, get the whole cancer mom story, then walk back and pay for the kid's shoes right. without, like, taking the next person in line. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then also um, another thing that was set up way more is, like, at the very beginning of the movie, these, the, the shoes fall off a truck as they're being delivered to the shoe store and Rob Lowe picks them up and uh, he he drops them back off at the store and he's like, I think these are for you and they like fell off the truck, which is like kind of weird. But again, like the shoes are definitely like very emphasized in the movie in a way that uh, is fitting given that the title of the film is The Christmas Shoes. And I feel like, too, the implication, although in the end he doesn't get enough money for them anyway, is because when he drops off the shoes, the guy at the store is like, oh, well, they're not normally something that we sell, but, like, clearly they're addressed to this shop, so I'll put them on discount. So, like, I feel like the implication is that the kid can only afford these shoes, which are the perfect shoes. He looks through all the shoes in the shoes department. The only way that he can afford these shoes is because they're like some ended up there through some error and are on discount. Mm -hmm. But then like he can't afford them anyway. So that kind of falls away. Yeah. Oh my God. And okay. One, I legitimately again cried at this movie. (laughs) One of the times that I cried was the kid shoe boy has been like collecting cans to sell to get money to buy these shoes. And the, the teacher slash neighbor has been helping him out. And he has been like secretly saving cans from like everywhere and then he goes ahead and just, like, dumps all the cans in the alley so the kid can go. And then he's like, oh, I think there's some cans. Like, we should look downtown for cans. And he takes the kid to the alley. And then the kid's like, wow, yeah, there are a ton of cans here. And I thought that was, like, so sweet. <laughs> like, this this genuine act of, like, hoarding and littering for this child. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> 
Yeah, it was that was cute. I liked that character a lot. Like I liked, mm. um, you know, them taking the like weird over involved teacher, and then giving reason why he's so involved, and then like giving him an actual relationship with the kid that we see. Yeah. Um, because the um the mom cancer mom's like a classroom mom, and also is the choir, the volunteer choir director. So, like, they're friends with the teacher. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense that when she's in the hospital for her transplant, he's like, it's okay, like, I'll take care of the kid for you because they have a relationship um, instead of her just, instead of the teacher just being, like, super over-involved. And, um, yeah, I liked that. And I liked that, you know, like I said, he genuinely, like, seemed to talk to the kid and, like, get to know him and stuff like that. And it, uh, yeah. Um, I will say, I'm looking, I took notes while I was watching the movie, and some of them are really cryptic. Um, <laughs> I have one that says, in all caps, dead fish lesson. Do you know what that is? <laughs> Um, yeah, he, the kid really wants a puppy really badly, and the dad says, you can't have a puppy, look what happened with your fish, and he brings out the fish, <laughs> oh, and yeah. it's dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now I remember, and that's, like, why wouldn't you, like, had you just been saving this until the kid would ask about the fish? Like, I bet that fish smells really bad. <laughs> um, so one of the other things is that uh, the timeline's different from the book, too, because – and it, that made it hard for me to follow in places because um, Douchebag Lawyer's mother dies before Christmas, but they still, like, are at her house for, like, a big caroling and opening presents thing prior the day that she she dies. Like, that happens, and then – um, they all go home and the teacher goes to put out the cans for shoe boy and they talk and she goes into bed and the next day he goes over and he's like, Oh, all your lights are still on. And he goes in and she died during the night. So it's like before Christmas, but then like the funeral happens, but it's still basically Christmas Eve. I don't know. It was, it, it was very hard to follow during, like, the timing when things happened in relation to Christmas. Yeah, I don't know when this movie takes place either. <laughs> um, Christmas time. You know how it is in America. Like, Christmas starts the day after Halloween and it ends on Valentine's Day. Somewhere in there. Uh, and uh. It, it did it did add a little bit of, like, further narrative sadness, I guess, because at least in... The book he gets a chance to reconcile with his mother um and he like explains to her like oh like i saw this boy with a cancer mom and i care about my family now and <laughs> we're not getting divorced anymore and she is able to give him like the special meaningful pipe and all of that yeah and it is she dies before any of that can happen so she just like writes him a letter about how disappointed she is that he's not seeing the most of his family and, like, that's it. Yeah, that was sad. I guess that's Rob Love's punishment for not uh, not believing in Christmas enough. So. It's true. 
Um, oh, the, the other thought thing that I thought was a little weird was at the end of the movie, like, when they meet up again in the future, Rob Lowe and the Cancer Boy, the kid is, like, putting, I mean, he's, like, college student now, but he's putting the shoes out on his mom's grave, and I was like, why are you doing that now? You know, why wouldn't you have either maybe buried her in them or done it, like, right away? Like... Yeah, we had the same thought. And then um, Becca also brought up the fact that she can't believe that the kid doesn't recognize Rob Lowe. Yeah, because Rob, he is I mean, ageless. Yeah, he is ageless. Like, at the beginning, I was like, this this flashback is supposed to take place 15 years before. And Rob Lowe looks the same. And then we did the math. And it's like, oh, West Wing started, like, more than 15 years ago. And he still looks the same he as he did yeah. then. Yeah, so, so I'll, I'll buy that. <laughs> that so that, that we bought. But, like, the kid is pretty old at the time. He's, like, what, like, eight, nine years old? Yeah. He's old enough to have facial recognition. And I feel like you would remember the face of the man who gave you money to buy your dying mother's last wish you know Mm -hmm. especially since i would imagine that if the wife was such good friends with shoe boys with cancer mom yeah like roblo probably would have been at like at her funeral like yeah or at least like you know the the wife probably would have checked in with shoe boy and you know made sure that he and the dad were doing okay because i think at one point doesn't she even promise cancer mom that she'll make sure everything that they'll be okay. Yeah, probably. Sounds like something she'd do. So, like, it, it was strange to me that, like, A, despite these two, like, monumental things happening, him buying the the kid shoe, the shoes and the mom being really good friends with his wife, like, 15 years have passed and they're strangers. Yeah. And, like, and if and I again, were writing like, fan fiction for this. <laughs> again, same as in the book. Too, it's like, well, if they do this every Christmas, like, why haven't their paths crossed before now? I guess maybe they go at different times of day normally. I don't know, but yeah, but like, I feel like after like something like this happens, I don't know. Narratively, I, I, it's hard for me to buy that all of that would happen, especially in the movie when their lives are so intertwined at that point that they would just never see each other again. Agreed. In in both cases, this future framing narrative is the weakest part of the story. But (sighs) yeah, overall, you know, I would, you know, if if you're looking for like a tearjerker made for TV Christmas movie, I think this would be a fine choice. It's true. Like I said, better than Holiday in Handcuffs (laughs) or Mrs. Santa. Yeah, yeah, like I said, I'm not a connoisseur of the Christmas movie genre, but this is genuinely fine. Um, genuinely ten times better than the book. Yeah. At least. So, w- well done. Um, let me look up who adapted the screenplay. It's, I think, if I remember correctly, because we did look it up, that, like, all the person does is adapt Christmas movie screenplays. His name is Wesley Bishop. Let me read his IMDb credits to you. Oh my god. Okay. And his IMDb known for is The Christmas Shoes, The Christmas Hope, and Cyber Seduction, His Secret Life. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh yeah, he's done a ton of these Christmas movies, though. So he knows the drill. Yeah, it gives me hope for the... I think it's actually based on one of these, one of the Donna Van Leer books. There's one with Neil Patrick Harris and I think Rob Lowe in it. Um, oh, the Christmas blessing. Yeah, he did do that one. I see it here. Yeah, let's do that next year. <laughs> <laughs>
So, any further thoughts on the movie version of The Christmas Shoes? You know, um, surprisingly good. Uh, if you haven't already learned the message to appreciate your loved ones while they're alive, you better get on that soon before God kills one. I would rate this quality-wise the best of the Christmas Cancer, even though it was a Christmas heart condition, mm-hmm. movies that I've watched. But entertainment-wise, I would still probably rate the um, the drug lord Christmas kidnapping movie number one slot. I mean, just based on that summary, that, that sounds about right. Yeah, it's pretty excellent. <laughs> um, I guess that's all. Um, th- thanks for joining joining me for this, Kate. I'm glad we could have this this special Christmas time together. Me too. <laughs> and to our listeners, again, Merry Christmas if you do that. Uh, happy holidays if you don't. And I hope none of your relatives are so stingy that someone you love needs to be given Christmas cancer to teach them a lesson. Me too. Um, If you see a child struggling to buy shoes or or similar things, uh, pitch in. You'll learn a lesson. It'll be good for you. It's true. And um, I guess join us next week for uh, The Christmas Sweater by Glenn Beck, which is literally the worst book that any of us have ever read literally the worst literally the worst (laughs) um you can subscribe to us on itunes and stitcher which if you're listening to this hopefully you already did but maybe you just stumbled in because you really love christmas shoes and rob Lowe and you wanted to hear about it so there's there's so much more that we talk about that you could be listening to and if you are listening to us uh rate and review us on itunes or stitcher or both podcasts are great cheap as in free gift for you to give your loved ones around the holidays so keep that in mind yeah and uh if you have any thoughts suggestions for further episodes uh feedback uh thoughts on your favorite types of shoes that you would like to be buried in uh (laughs) you can always email us at worstbestsellers at gmail.com or follow us on twitter at worstbestseller with no s or follow me on Twitter at Renata Snacks. Or you can follow me on Twitter at, at 14 across. Um, and lastly, of course, if you are looking for a date this holiday season, we do recommend ChristianMingle.com, our, our beloved sponsor. <laughs> at least until they issue the restraining order. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh... <laughs> but I think that's it for us. So uh, thanks for listening and happy holidays. Yes. Bye. Bye.